Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Spien. For this week's episode, with Fantasy Championships on the line, I'll go through the Week 17 slate and provide at least one thought for each game. For those in a two-week championship, which I actually like, next week will still be more of a dynasty look-ahead rather than Week 18 advice, but we'll have full Week 18 rankings. And if I don't hit on a player you're interested in hearing about this week or next week, feel free to reach out and we'd be happy to answer any question you might have about your lineup. For the final Thursday night football game of the season, Jets at Browns, Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper have been on fire. They might be too hot to take out of lineups, especially Cooper at wide receiver. He had 46 fantasy points on Christmas Eve, but this is obviously a tough matchup versus the Jets. So Cooper is more of a low-end wide receiver too, but Flacco can definitely have success based on how willing he's been to throw the ball around. So look for Cleveland to play through David Njoku as much as they can. And Cooper has disappeared in the past, but I'm sure Kevin Stefanski has some ideas in mind on how to get him free this week versus New York. And for the Jets, they finally featured Brees Hall. He had 32 touches, but he's similar to Cooper, a smaller sample size with a shorter career, but can be hit or miss. So I don't think he's a must-start. Would consider him more of a low-end RB2 because of how stout Cleveland has been defensively, especially at home. And last week versus the Commanders was basically the best matchup possible. But fantasy owners should still be encouraged by Hall's performance, and hopefully it's a preview of things to come in 2024 when Aaron Rodgers is back and New York maybe fixes the offensive line. On Saturday night, a big matchup in the NFC, Lions at Cowboys. The Cowboys have been much better on both sides of the ball at home, but Detroit might be too much in a groove to slow down. They've gotten Jameer Gibbs going in a big way. So he's arguably a top five option despite the matchup being a little more difficult. But I'm expecting a big night from CeeDee Lamb. He was a little disappointed in the opportunities last week despite a 100-yard game. But I want to hit on the complimentary options for this matchup. For the Lions, Jameson Williams has started to run more traditional non-field stretching routes. So even with the Cowboys being a challenge, they've shown they can be beaten by the deep ball. So Williams can be a high upside wide receiver three. And for Dallas... The same is true for Brandon Cooks. Detroit is very attackable on the back end, so Cooks should have a high ceiling. And Michael Gallup, if you're in deeper leagues or playing a DFS lineup, could also be a nice option, even with a bunch of low-floor performances in recent weeks. Now moving on to Sunday with 10 early games, so that's obviously an important window. And first is probably the biggest game of the week in terms of real-life NFL implications with Dolphins at Ravens. I'm most interested to see how Miami adjusts with Jalen Waddle likely out due to a high ankle sprain. The fear that Devon Achan created early in the season has certainly dissipated since his return to the lineup. He's had a toe injury the past couple of weeks, and I think that's impacted him. So Achan is probably more of a low-end RB2, but we'll see if Waddle likely being out forces Mike McDaniel to play more through Achan behind Raheem Mostert. When he was going off early in the season, Achan seemed to have more creative opportunities on pop passes and screens, so the upside makes him worth starting with hopes that that kind of usage returns. For another AFC East team in the Bills hosting the Patriots as they hope to stay within a game of Miami, New England has continued to play great defense, even with a 4-11 record, and that includes a win over Buffalo back in October. But the Bills are a different offense under Joe Brady, so I'd expect them to get back to what they've done the past couple of years with a dominant-type performance 
especially after the win over the Chargers was way too close for comfort. So Josh Allen is a high end QB one. James Cook, we have downgraded some because New England has been tough versus a run, but he's still a high end RB two. And Stephon Diggs has been talked about as someone that could maybe be benched based on his struggles this month. And it's fair to wonder if he's sort of losing a step. He turned 30 at the end of November, but he scored in four straight games versus the Patriots. And if you're still alive with Diggs on your roster, I wouldn't give much thought to benching him. And the same will be true for Diggs next week when he takes on the Dolphins, who haven't been able to contain him in recent matchups. And I don't think Jalen Ramsey will change that. And for the Patriots, Ezekiel Elliott was again productive on Sunday night, largely due to his production in the receiving game. When originally injured, it sounded like Reminder Stevenson might be able to return this week. But if Zeke draws another start, we'd downgrade him to being more of a flex option because I'm sure Buffalo will be selling out to stop him. And throwing to Elliott or Stevenson when healthy has been the best offense for New England. So look for Sean McDermott to take that away if they can. Now moving to the NFC for Falcons at Bears. I think having Taylor Heineke under center should give fantasy owners much more confidence in Kyle Pitts. Chicago has not defended tight ends well this season. So if you have Pitts, he's worth considering as a top 12 option despite the overall disappointment of 2023. And for the Bears, I had been mentioning the matchup versus Arizona last week, which got a little more clear with Deontay Foreman out. But Atlanta will be a tougher matchup. I think it might snow in Chicago this week, so that could maybe slow down the offenses. But Atlanta has played really well defensively. So Herbert, despite last week's performance, remains more of a flex that doesn't need to be in lineups. For Titans at Texans, a rematch from a couple of weeks ago, I would assume C.J. Stroud will be back under center for Houston. So that'd be a boost to Nico Collins, Noah Brown, and the offense as a whole. Tennessee was undermanned in terms of injuries last week versus Seattle, but Mike Vrabel showed they could still play very stout defense but I would expect Houston to attack the cornerbacks other than Roger McCreary this week, and Stroud is our overall QB9, assuming he returns. For Raiders at Colts, Devontae Adams has been a disappointment. He only had one catch on six targets last week, but Indy had difficulty defending him last year with nine receptions for 126 yards and a score, and this season the Colts have struggled at times versus number one wideouts. So I like Adams to create enough space for Aiden O'Connell to find him and hopefully be on the same page, which could be helped by playing indoors. And on the Indy offense, Michael Pittman Jr. would be a wide receiver too if he returns. But aside from him, Jonathan Taylor is probably the only guy you could have confidence in. Las Vegas has been tough versus the run and in general, but the Colts should play through Taylor in their biggest game of the season and set up a potential win and in scenario next week. One of the teams that Indy is competing with is Jacksonville. They'll host Carolina this week. I said last week about Travis Etienne not getting enough touches. He only had six carries last week in the loss to Tampa Bay. So I would hope with their season on the line that Jacksonville recommits to Etienne. And he remains a top five option at running back for us versus a Panthers defense that can be attacked on the ground. And for Carolina's offense, I'll just say this is more of a long-term outlook, but Bryce Young showed a lot of good things last week, and now would be the time to invest before they get a likely great offensive coach such as Ben Johnson or someone else to put Young in a better position next year and beyond. Next up, Rams at Giants. I would think New York will go with Tyra Taylor the rest of the way, 
after back-to-back disappointing performances by Tommy DeVito. And I think that would be a boost to Darren Waller and the rest of the pass catchers for New York. In particular, Taylor can make things happen as a runner and has a really good deep ball, which he's had dating back to his time in Buffalo. So the Rams have been tough defensively this season, but Taylor is playing with something to prove and would be a boost to the offense. And for the Rams, I actually think Cooper Cup is a preferred play to Puka Nakua this week. Nakua will see the tougher matchup versus Deontay Banks on the outside, while Cooper should be able to expose the Giants versus other options from the slot. So both are excellent plays, but we have Cup as the wide receiver 7 and Nakua as the wide receiver 11 for this week. For Cardinals at Eagles, this is probably a spot where you want the Philadelphia offense. It's possible they run a lot with DeAndre Swift after it was a spark on Christmas, but I don't see the Arizona cornerbacks being able to stick A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. For Brown, you can feel a big game bubbling with some personal disappointment in his recent production, but Smith probably wasn't played through enough on Christmas. He had the long touchdown catch and then sort of became an afterthought in the offense, but I like both of them along with Swift and obviously Jalen Hurts, to all be high-end options this week. And the outlook for Kyler Murray in a game that he'll likely need to score points in to have a chance will be increased if Marquise Brown plays, but either way, he can still do damage on the ground and should at least be a low-end QB1. In a huge NFC South matchup, Saints at Bucks. this one was a blowout in favor of Tampa Bay back in Week 4. They won 26-9. And Derek Carr, that was a game where he, there were 37 times that only had 127 yards, and 13 of the completions went to Alvin Kamara for just 33 yards. So this is a shaky matchup for them. Kamara, you almost certainly have to play. And Chris Olave was limited to one reception for four yards in the matchup, but he's another guy maybe unlikely to have a better option then. And for the Bucks, Rashad White hadn't yet been unleashed in week four, but he's a top five option at running back now. And this could be a spot where Chris Godwin has more success than Mike Evans, which has typically been the case in this matchup over the years. So Evans is probably another guy too good to bench. We still have him as a borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two. But the matchup is obviously something to keep in mind. And Godwin should at least be boosted into the wide receiver two ranks. For the final 1 p.m. game, 49ers at Commanders. Hopefully to give us a better game, Jacoby Brissett will be under center for Washington. But the takeaway here, similar to the Eagles, is that it's a blow-up spot for San Francisco. Brock Purdy should bounce back. Christian McCaffrey's team-carrying upside is arguably even higher than usual. George Kittle had 120 yards and two touchdowns in this matchup last season, so he's the top option at tight end. And Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk should both be wide receiver one plays, so hopefully you have a piece of this offense and don't need to face him this week. Now the late afternoon game, starting with Steelers at Seahawks. I think DK Metcalf should be downgraded a bit with the possibility of shadow coverage from Joey Porter Jr. As stated previously for Metcalf, it's easy to imagine him rising to the challenge, similar to how he did versus Dallas and coming out with a big game. But it's been a very even split with him, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba in recent weeks in terms of targets. So Metcalf probably needs to hit on another touchdown which he has five in the past four games, for him to go from a wide receiver two option to hitting as a wide receiver one. And for the Steelers, it was great to see Mason Rudolph get a shot last week. He's a guy that 
I don't understand how he was signed as the number three quarterback for Pittsburgh, especially with all the quarterbacks that have gotten shot this season. Basically, no one wanted him in the offseason, so he just re-signed with the Steelers as their third quarterback. He set to start again this week, and that's good news for especially George Pickens, but probably the entire offense, based on the confidence he has and the confidence they seem to have in him. For Chargers at Broncos, they played to start December and now play again to close out December. I would like to see to get the offense back on track, then play through Javante Williams more. Williams had 20 touches for 91 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting. So now playing at home and in a good matchup, I like Williams as a strong RB2, and the possible absence of Cortland Sutton could increase the floor and make it more of a priority in the passing game as well. The final late afternoon game, Bengals at Chiefs. The big storyline to watch from a fantasy perspective is the status of Isaiah Pacheco. And with Jarek McKinnon placed on IR, Clyde Edwards-Elair could be set up to be the feature back on Sunday. So he should be the clear top pickup if available and would probably be a top 20 option versus a Cincinnati defense that has struggled versus the run. And finally, the primetime game on New Year's Eve, Packers at Vikings. A massive battle in the NFC wildcard race between two division rivals. I know based on the weapons with Justin Jefferson, although now they have injuries to TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, that Nick Mullins might be looked at as a potential streamer at quarterback. But I'm honestly surprised he wasn't benched last week with the interceptions. And it sounds like if he does start again, it will be a very short leash. So the upside in terms of the raw passing volume and having Justin Jefferson might not be worth the risk of starting Mullins on Sunday night. And I'd expect Chai Chandler. I mentioned last week, Detroit was a tough matchup, but this one versus Green Bay was great. So look for Minnesota to recommit to the run, and Chandler to be a solid RB2, while the passing attack funnels through Jefferson. And for the Green Bay offense, they'll have all three of Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Dontavian Wicks questionable. Wicks got injured last week. Watson and Reed were both out. But Romeo Dobbs finally came through with a big game and his eighth touchdown of the year. So I'd like for him to be featured. But really, all the young Packer wideouts have impressed. So anyone who's healthy behind Dobbs will be worth considering. So that will conclude this episode. As stated, you can find our full rankings on wolfsports.com. And if you have any start-sit questions in particular that you'd like answered, we'd be happy to help. Until next time. Thank you for listening, and best of luck this week. I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Consulary Podcast.